Over the last seven years, I have tried every kind of marketing you can possibly imagine for my business. And I have determined over that time that direct mail has been by far the most profitable marketing channel I have ever tried. And I've spent over a million dollars just testing it out figuring out what works and figuring out what doesn't. And through that time, I've been able to generate over 100 deals per year in my business using direct mail. And now I've created a very small but very powerful mini course on how I utilize direct mail in my business. It explains everything I do from A to Z, and I've made this available to you absolutely free. That's right, no charge, no obligations, just go to my website, mikesimmons.com forward slash winning direct mail. mikesimmons.com forward slash winning direct mail to find out how you can implement my system in your business and start generating more leads through direct mail. Go check it out. It's absolutely free. I can't wait for you to try it. Yeah, so before Groundbreaker came into the market, there was really no solution that streamlined the investor onboarding piece. You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. All right, thank you for joining me on the show today. I'm excited to have you. I'm excited to be here with you, and I've got a great guest for you. I am talking today to Jake Marmelstein. Jake began his real estate investing career in 2011 at Watermark Capital Partners, a private hotel real estate investment trust in Chicago. And after struggling to raise capital for his own deals, he founded Groundbreaker, a software platform that makes real estate syndication just ridiculously easy. We had a conversation about this software, what it does. And really the big takeaway here in this in this conversation uh, was that the stuff that the software can do, the stuff that Groundbreaker does for you is not the highest and best use of your time. You should be automating a lot of these activities as it relates to raising money, onboarding investors, doing payout distributions, all the stuff that happens in a normal syndication relationship with investors. This software handles a lot of that for you. So you could don't get bogged down in all of this paperwork and details. And you can go out there, find deals, negotiate prices, talk with investors, all the stuff as a real estate investor, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, you should be doing. So I want you to hear this conversation. Lots and lots of good information here, guys. And I think this is something you should pay attention to, especially if you're raising money and doing syndications. I give you without any further delay, Jake Marmelstein. All right, Jake. Thank you for being here. Thanks for being on the show. I appreciate your time, man. Happy to be here, Mike. Thank you. I appreciate it. And, uh, uh, you know, in doing research and, you know, we get people who ask to be on the show and people that we reach out to and there's all kinds of ways. And I've done, this is like, I'm closing in on, on uh, episode 600. This isn't 600, but this is like high 590s. And I've interviewed uh, just, well, almost 600 people now. And and I'm, I get to the point now where I'm so selective about people that are like super interesting to me, not just somebody else who's in real estate and they're crushing it, but like somebody who's doing something or has something or something to uh, provide that I like when it's a little unique. And I also like when it really interests me personally and you fit both of those bills. So again, thanks for being here. And I'm, I'm excited to get into this convo. 
Yeah, I'm a, I'm a lucky guy. Uh, <laughs> having so many people you've interviewed and, and uh, being able to see what works and what doesn't work. And now me being at, at this point, man, it's a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. There's a lot that I let go <laughs> nowadays that I would have interviewed in the past. Not because I didn't care. I just, I needed, I needed the reps, right? But very few, I say no to more people than I, than, than definitely say yes to. So yeah, I'm, I'm just psyched to have you here, man. Just, I'm just, it's a compliment to you more than it is bra- humble brag on my side. I just want you to know you're, you're an interesting uh, person with interesting stuff to talk about. So it's going to be awesome. Give folks a sense of uh, how you got, before we get into like the specific software that you're working on, how did you even end up in the real estate space? How did that happen? So, uh, you know, it started really with uh, my interest in uh, real estate development. Um, and, And I was overseas. I was actually living and working in Brazil, Rio de Janeiro. I was working with the city government at the time. And and this was really before I knew a a tremendous amount about real estate. And I saw what was happening with the changes in the city, how international companies were coming in, installing research facilities, and how the cityscape was just changing rapidly because of the time. And Brazil was on the cover of The Economist with the Christ the Redeemer statue uh, acting like a rocket ship going up. And uh, that was, you know, they were at the fifth largest GDP in the world at the time. So there was a lot of attention. Um, and that was very intriguing to me, the prospect of real estate and development means more job creation. Uh, it, it, it means a, a certain place is going to become more popular in the world and, uh, and more opportunities are going to be created. And then I started working at a real estate investment trust where I got a lot of my real estate knowledge underwriting distressed hotels and really working in Excel all day uh, to manage putting together investment opportunities and uh, the different administrative work that we had to do. Yeah. Um, what, did you go to college? Did you, did you get a degree in finance or anything like that? Or what's your background there? Yeah. Yeah. Very theoretical um, classes in real estate okay. and finance. Okay. Uh, I, I actually did hospitality management, though. Okay. 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 Cool. Um, and so you were underwriting distressed, um, large uh, buildings and things. I, what you're into now is is it's in that same vein, right? I and mean, we were talking about syndications. And by the way, when you you're the syndications that you're that you're working with now or you're dealing with now, are we talking specifically multifamily or is it other stuff as well? It's really anything that can be syndicated, uh, but it's almost always commercial real estate and okay. a large part of it is multifamily. Yeah. Okay. So how did you go from the position you were in, you were in an Excel sheet all day analyzing investment strategies? How did, what was the transition out of there? What happened? So the initial frustration that I had was, you know, I couldn't do my job fast enough and I was and I was handling very administrative tasks that didn't require a lot of my creativity. And I'm a very creative person. So I wanted to tap into that. And uh, then I was working in a different job in New York City. And I had some, uh, some friends and colleagues from university, from work that were talking about real estate crowdfunding being this you know, next big opportunity after the Jobs Act had passed. Yeah. And, uh, when I was looking at that, I was seeing how 
real estate companies for the very first time could raise capital online. They could advertise opportunities and cater to new investors, but they were going to require systems in order to do that. And at the time that this was becoming uh, talked about, you really had a few companies that were offering portals where you could go as an investor and you could evaluate real estate deals. And I just kind of saw the writing on the wall. I said, well, okay, if there's this new opportunity and people are finding out about it being, you know, online investing is a thing, um, then there's going to be independent real estate investment firms that want to raise capital and they don't want to give all their investor data away to a single portal. Yeah, uh, They want to be able to maintain that ownership of the intellectual property. And they're going to need systems and processes in order to do that because the more investors you add, the more work you have to do. And I yep. knew that firsthand. Yep. Yeah. So let's talk about your software. First of all, what is it called? The name of the company is Groundbreaker. Okay. And that's groundbreaker.co. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. I just want to make sure with somebody didn't leave off an M. Okay. Groundbreaker.co. And uh, I just want to read some of these bullet points that I have, uh, which is probably on your website, I'm sure. All-in-one investment software, uh, management software for real estate investment firms, fundraising automation. That's interesting. Investor portal, investor reporting software, um, automate your distribution. Very cool. Um, let's talk about some of the... And there's more. It does more, right? Obviously, I don't want to read a list to everybody, but I'm really what one of the things that piqued my interest here, I'll be honest with you, was the fundraising automation software. What that says to me, tell me if I'm wrong, is you're helping folks literally raise money automatically. So what does that mean? What what is that? How much can you automate that that relationship or traditionally a relationship process? How do you automate that? What does it look like? So the investors that are working with your firm. They're typically having to go through email and send, um, you know, sign documents and then send, uh, you send them the wire instructions and then they send the wire and you're looking in your bank account and you're seeing different wires come in and you're trying to cross reference that and say, was this, was this $100,000 from Bank of America, you like, or, or was it, you know, somebody else? And right. then you go back to your Excel sheet and you write that down and that becomes a part of your record keeping and everything. And, um, with Groundbreaker, the way that it works is you create a deal in the system, you blast it out to your investors, they click a button to log in with their username and password. So they're now securely in a private uh, portal that they're the ones that can, can only access. Now they can see your deal. They can download any documents. If you have to update anything, you can update it right within the system as the deal changes. When they're ready to invest, they put down an investment amount. They can go immediately to the investor verification questions for compliance. They can view the subscription agreement, sign it electronically, and then move on to funding either by getting wire instructions and sending the wire, or they can hook up their bank account and click a button to draw the funds out of their account and send it to you. And meanwhile, you're able to see that the investor opened the deal. They went through the process. You can record their investment. You can match it back to the investment. So all of that back and forth and that friction that's typical in the process uh, without a system like Groundbreaker goes away. And also the security aspect is it's just way more secure 
there's compliance because you're recording every single activity and you're also skipping the post-closing process where you'd have to go back to an Excel and keep everything in uh, in a file. In Groundbreaker, all the data lives in the same place. So it, it just, it automates every step and it removes those friction points. Got you. Now, is I'm going to ask kind of a question I think I know the answer to, but I want to lead into the next part of it, which is, is there software out there prior to Groundbreaker, prior to you developing this, that did something similar or the same? And if so, if there was something out there, how are you guys different? What are you doing uh, and what was the need to come up with new software as opposed to trying to use something already out there? Yeah, so before Groundbreaker came into the market, and, and you know this was a while ago, so the landscape has certainly changed. But before that, there was really no solution that streamlined the investor onboarding piece. You had tools like Intralinks and Investment Cafe. You had some other softwares out there that would handle some of the document management. There's CapLinked. There's you know there's a bunch of tools to be able to sh- store documents, and there's databases where you can gather information and open it up to other people. But there really wasn't anything where you can go through the process of um, investing, signing, funding, and the reason why is because the electronic document signing technology wasn't that uh, well known by then. It, it, even the ability to do ACH funding. Um, like it wasn't around, even deal rooms, um, you know, they were around for like M&A transactions, but not for your small uh, to mid-sized real estate operators that okay. just aren't, you know, they're not building this technology. They need something off the shelf that's affordable and easy to use. Yeah. Uh, but to answer the second part of the question, the, re- the real way that Groundbreaker is differentiating itself in the market today is by driving value through a solution that's really easy to use. That's very simple for people to get started on. It's affordable and it comes with the customer service needed for somebody who's not that tech savvy and doesn't want to make uh, technology their job to be able to get the support they need to get up and running, get their business going um, and be successful with the tool. Got you. When was the software first launched? When was it first available for use? How long, how long has it been around is basically my question. Yeah, so we, we got our first customer, our first power user in 2015. Okay, so we're about seven years now since, since you got your first power user. So I'm always interested in this. This really isn't anything about your software. It's not about real estate It's directly, but I'm always curious about this. I haven't heard anything in your background of software development or anything like that. How did you get this thing made? Well, I got pretty fortunate and met some amazing uh, tech folks that I was, you know, we were able to sell the idea to, to sell the vision to, and convinced to, you know, to get the first version of the product off the ground. And they used their sweat <clears throat> to get it going. And yep. eventually, once we had customers, we were able to pay them. Um, but that's initially how it was. And then, you know, after that, after we had a proof of concept, we raised some outside capital. And then it was much easier after that point to get people on board. Gotcha. So I was giving you the next question. Is this bootstrapped or did you raise outside funding? Um, 
again, I, I, this is just my brain working. I'm, I'm sorry if I'm taking this in a place where you weren't expecting, but what is the ultimate plan for the software for the company? Is this something that you're planning on at some point selling to larger company? You want to stay in control of it forever, run this thing as a business? Like, What are your long-term plans with the software? Yeah. So ultimately I see the market. I see, I see that there's real estate technology is pretty new and there's a lot of real estate investment companies that want to have, um, of like they want the full capabilities of sourcing deals, underwriting them, um, purchasing them, <clears throat> managing their pipeline of all the activities they have to do to make that happen, be able to get, uh, deals, out there to their investors to raise capital. Then once they close, they need to manage them. They need to do asset management, property management, like the whole entire cycle yeah. um, up until this point, maybe for, for the last 10 years has been very manual. And so there's technology companies that are taking off pieces of that workflow and uh, they're doing a really good job, but they're not integrated in any way. Yeah. So ultimately, I think the path for Groundbreaker is to really integrate into a larger tech stack to be able to provide the the, the full scope of the value. And and the question is just you know how how long do we go and how far do we get before we ultimately would probably fold into something that's much larger. Um, you know you've seen companies like like DocuSign. Uh, they were like the first people in Eastside and they were able to go IPO. Yeah. And now they have an API and it integrates into a bunch of different systems. Yeah. So it's it's not impossible to be able to do something like that, but it requires a hell of a lot of resources. Gotcha. Um, what is the, as you developed this and started getting your first users over the last seven years, what did you find? Was there, well, let me put it this way. Was there any feature, any part of it that you were surprised how much people loved it? In other words, did you expect there to be parts that that people loved and maybe other things that were just expected and and that people like kind of came back and said, oh my gosh, this is so awesome it does this. And you didn't even realize how important the feature was or is that not really the case? Was it pretty straightforward in your mind as you were developing this, what would be the most valuable components of the software? Yeah, I, th I think that initially I might not have appreciated how um, how valuable the fundraising automation piece was. Because a lot of it, a lot of the stuff that I was dealing with um, when I was working was in real estate reporting and investor relations. But and, and I think it took a while actually for the market and for people to open up to the idea about you know doing automated automated investing. There were there are still a lot of firms that you know don't offer the ability to do that. Yeah. Um, Yep. So even if they have the capabilities, they still might raise capital the old-fashioned way for a variety of reasons. Sure. But it's it's continuing to pick up steam and um, customers love it. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so with the software, what is like, is there some new, uh, how do I put this? Are you still in development at any level? Are you still looking to add features to it? And if so, what what are you trying to work on now? What are you trying to incorporate? Yeah, so all the time, uh, <laughs> we're yeah we we're continuing to refine the ease of use of the software. Just meaning, like, make it so simple that somebody can deploy the software without having to have any kind of support. Um, and 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 for that, you know, you just need we just need to add a bunch of features that 
basically make our customer service team irrelevant so that people can import, they can export, um, you know, they, they can set the solution up and configure it without anybody's help. Of course, our, our support is, is still very important, but making it so that people can do it on their own, that allows us to go to an even lower price point. Um, it changes our go-to-market. And then integrating the solution, like I was saying earlier, we, we have to have the ability to in- integrate with all the other tools that are now in the ecosystem that customers want to be able to use. Uh, so, okay, Let's talk about the cost. What is the cost of this? It's, it's the big elephant in the room, right? People are going to find out when they go to the website, I assume, unless there's like you have to consult or something. But can we talk about that? What is the investment to get it started? Is it tiered? Is it one price? How does that work? Yeah, so we're, we're we're still you know we're we're still experimenting with different parts of the market. Um, the typical customer that uses Groundbreaker, who has at least one deal that they've already done in in their portfolio, they're building the cost of Groundbreaker into their deals, and they're spreading it across their operating budgets so that they can you know they they can increase um, they can cover it with their acquisition fees, they can cover it with the returns, sure. and it's four thousand dollars a year to be able to have Groundbreaker for your whole entire portfolio. For people though that are just starting out, maybe they don't even have a deal that they've done. We're offering promotional pricing about. $50 a month for those groups so they can just get started. And then, you know, once they graduate to having a deal closed and they have a portfolio, uh, we increase their price from there. Okay. So is it feature locked a little bit at the $50 a month? Certain things are not available. And then once they get their deal, they can unlock the whole software or how does that typically work? There's unfettered access to the software right now. Oh, so okay. cool. again, like some of those things that we would do in product development, yeah. uh, we'd set ourselves up to be able to do that in a more sophisticated way, but it's just too yeah. hard to do it. So you yeah. give them whatever they want. Okay, cool. I, I think that's smart, honestly. I mean, the the risk is small compared to, I think, the the ultimate reward. Um, is it brandable? Can, we, can people put their own logos, their own kind of brand on it or no? Yeah. Yeah, they can. Um, that that's definitely something people can do, and they can set it up from within the software. Okay, cool. And, and people can obviously. It sounds like you can email out. Like you can do a handle all your communications inside of there. What can't you do inside the software? Is there something that can't be done um, in terms of raising money and in the onboarding and the distributions and the reporting? Is there anything inside of that ecosphere that can't be done through the software currently? A lot of a lot of the basics um, that people need can be done, but you know, there's some sort of edge cases that, you know, people can't do. Like if an investor wants to invest uh, twice using the same account, like stuff like that, silly okay. stuff like that, we're still working on uh, smoothing out uh, currently can't be done. But, okay. you know, for the most part, all, all of the things that you could imagine, uh, emailing, distributions, uh, calculating and sending payments, uh we don't mail checks. Uh, that's maybe one thing. Does it handle do ACH? You mentioned ACH. Can you do yes. ACH distributions? Okay. So if somebody still wants a physical check because they're in 1975 and they just want that, you can't do that. Okay, gotcha. That makes sense. Um, cool. And so people, so it's all, you're connected to their bank accounts. How, like how in, how hard is that to manage? Like how hard? And I, the reason I'm asking is, I, we didn't talk about this. Like we talked a little bit before we jumped on here live. I have a um, a lending company. I do private lending, and I raise money from investors. It's different. It's not 
it's not syndication like you're talking about, it's debt, but we're, we're doing that. And I was looking for software solutions to interface with my, with my investors and my borrowers. And uh, a lot of companies don't handle ACH. Like it just, it was a hard thing for me to find someone that would do that. Was that a difficult, was that an important part of it for you? Or did you not find, is it not that big of a deal to put in nowadays? Well, when we when we did it, uh, yeah, we we ran through different vendors. Uh, it was very cumbersome. It was a tough user experience, but the space has come a long way, and so it's a lot easier now. But it's still a heavy lift to get something up and running like that. Yeah. Uh, we use a third party that uh, you know does the does all the all the all the work in the back end, um, but using their API was you know was difficult and. Um, I think it's an essential feature. Yeah. People like people are expecting it at this point. Yeah. I, I literally picked software because it could do it. Like there was other software I liked the interface better, had more functionality, a little easier to use, but I needed that ACH side of it so that I could make payments, accept payments, that kind of thing. Um and, and what was that tool that you used for the private lending piece? Uh, it's called Money Lender, is the name oh, cool. of the software. Um it's great, actually. It's a, it's a small company. It's almost like, it's like there's it's a small company for sure. Um, like I talked to the developer, who's also the owner. I talked to him directly. <laughs> it's not there's no layers here, um, but it works and it works great. And we do have the ACH functionality, functionality, which is huge. And uh, you know, it just handles what I need it to do. Uh, there's other software that I've been I reached out to that are still they have a sales team that's effective because they continue to reach out to me and try to get me on board, but. They just, they didn't have that piece. And so I needed it, but uh, I like it. And uh, yeah, anyways, I, I could go down that rabbit hole, but that was a whole learning process for me and a whole discovery process. That's why your software, I, I understand the lift and I understand the need that it solves and how big of a deal it is. And for somebody, you know, a lot of investors, and I don't think I'm unique in this way, we're we're good at finding deals. We're good at, you know, relationships. We're good at all that kind of fun stuff, which seems fun to us. But the details bog us down and having to handle all of the onboarding and the back and forth because I still send um, the software that I use is really mostly borrower interface software. It's not really my investor facing. And so I'm mm -hmm. still sending subscription agreements manually, right? I'm still filling them out manually and it's, it's manageable, but I don't like it, right? So I get it. All of the things that your software, uh, the solutions that it provides feed right into the pain points of a normal real estate investor entrepreneur who just wants to go out and do deals and make money and build things and that kind of stuff. They do not want to be shuffling paperwork. They do not want to be uh, saving things as a PDF and sending it off and double checking that all the numbers are right and they didn't you know, screw something up in any of the account numbers or you know, all that stuff. So I understand exactly. the software, the pain. It's a huge pain point, right? I always say, uh, real estate investors, and, and I think this goes for all entrepreneurs, we will we will virtually pay anything if it solves a big enough pain point for us. Like the pain is what we're trying to make go away. We care way less about the money. So when you said the cost of it, $4,000 a year, I'm thinking about people who have these syndications and they're buying and selling multifamilies. That's nothing. I mean, it may sound like a lot to somebody listening right now who's never done a deal or whatever, but I'm just telling you in the in the grand scheme of things, someone who's buying and selling apartment buildings they don't give a crap about $4,000 if it solves all of their pain in in this onboarding process and managing their investors it's nothing so you probably could end up charging a lot more down the road if you wanted to because i think that uh 
investors will spend a, a lot of money moving removing pain for their life. So I love it, man. I love the software. Any anything else? Uh, let's drive people for sure, guys. Go to groundbreaker.co if you want more information. What else should they know about uh, about you guys, your company, what you do, and what you offer, folks? Yeah. So the the software and the automation behind the workflow is just the beginning. It's really important that we continue to develop the capability of the software and our service just to be able to meet the needs of the market. And a lot of people are looking for solutions for deal flow, for underwriting, for um, access to debt, access to capital, um, even property management, legal accounting services. So we just continue to analyze the needs of our customers and decide which way we want to go. What do we want to do that adds on next another thing that's going to save people time because that's the most valuable resource we have. So, um, you know, groundbreakers dedicated to continuous improvement and evolution. Uh, and, um, yeah, we'd love to, we'd love to have conversations with people who are listening here and just pick their brain on what are, what are the most, um, you know, painful things, uh, that we yeah. can solve next. And that's huge. I, I'm glad that you said that, actually. It's an important point is that you're listening to your customers and you're trying to figure out what people want and not just creating a product that you think they want and pushing it out there to them. Super smart. And I know there's a lot of people who do multifamily and commercial real estate listening to this. So uh, guys, I know you're. I know that there's pain points there. I know there are. Even if you're us- utilizing some sort of automation that handles a, a portion of this, I, I would go and check out Groundbreaker. Honestly, I, because your your best your best use of your time is literally talking to investors, raising money, and going and finding deals. And and these solutions are going to help you handle the things that aren't really the highest and best use of your time. So, and I, I agree with you. Time is, if you don't know it yet, it's probably because you're too young and I'm not talking about you. I'm talking to the listeners now. If you don't agree with time as your greatest asset, you're probably really, really young because as you get older and you don't have to be old, but as you get older, you realize it is incredibly valuable. And that's why I start pretty much all my podcasts with thank you for spending time here. Thank you for giving me your time because I don't take it lightly. If something takes my time and I don't think it's valuable, I don't do it anymore. I just don't, I don't bother with it because I can't get that back. So thank you for your time. Again, Jake, I appreciate it very much, man. The software you have uh, sounds incredible. So I I highly suggest everyone go check that out. Uh, Again, you're doing some cool stuff. I'd love to have you back on in the future and talk about where you're at now, what's happening in the market. And by the way, real quick, I, I know this could be another hour, but what do you what do you think about the market right now? How do you feel about the market, the real estate market that we're in, and what it means for investors over the next twelve to twenty four months? Well, so there's there's still a lot of opportunity in the market um, for multifamily investing, and and that's the one area that I know a lot about mm-hmm. um, because just many of my clients concentrate there, and there's there, there's so much um, unmet demand for multifamily housing more and more people. So I don't need to you know harp on that, but I do I do think that for the right operators that have a good relationship with their investors, they'll be able to raise capital in this environment. They'll be able to because they have the trust and they have the um the deal flow. And so it, it, I think deals are going to continue to happen, but maybe you know less experienced operators are going to have more trouble. Um, people that might be relying on you know one or two larger investors to write checks yeah. might have bigger problems because uh, that capital source m- might be you know waiting to see what happens. And um, 
And, and that's like another reason that inspired me originally when we created Groundbreaker and I realized that institutional investors call the shots. But if you can be able to build a, a large investor base of smaller checks, then in these potential down cycles, you control your outcomes because you, you have the ability to, to raise capital from a lot of different folks. Um, and so I think, I think the market out, you know, the market, it, people are going to pull back for sure. But um, the good operators with, with trust and access to capital are still going to find good deals and get deals done. Yeah. What do you thing, think? Um, I, I completely agree. I think personally, uh, I just actually filmed something last, last night uh, for an event that I'm going to be doing talking about the market. And um, my basic feeling is this. If I, I started real estate, I started investing in 2008. If I knew now, if I knew then what I know now, I would have destroyed. Like I would have made so much more money, but I was I didn't know what I was doing. I was so completely new and lost and sort of bumbling around. So it's funny, I was sitting in a room of of uh really successful investors in 2018. Mm-hmm. And the the tone of the conversation, the tone of the room was real estate prices are going up. We're moving more and more into a seller's market. Um it's going to become very difficult for us to find deals. Now, these were mostly single-family investors, but still, uh, it was going to be very difficult. And everyone was talking about, we have to survive the market that we're moving into. We have to survive it so that when we get past it on the other side, then we'll really be able to thrive, right? Because there's a lot of investors who are going to go out of business and stuff. So, and so there was there was this level of uh, not fear, but cautiousness about going from 2018, like over the next 36 months. And it's funny, we had that, that a little, we're a little cautious, a little concerned. And now I feel like we're sort of getting over that hump in the hill where we're kind of going into a transitional period where there's probably going to be some adjustment of prices and we're not going to probably crash like, like a weight, but people are now nervous about the coming market. It's like, why are we always nervous? There has to be one that we all love, right? My contention is all market conditions are absolutely good as long as you change your approach, you understand where you are, your model has to get modified a little bit, but you can thrive in any real estate market. So for me, uh, the coming market's going to be great. I'm actually looking forward to it. Like I, I would hate to see people lose their houses or you know have financial hardships. That aside, as, a, as an investor only... I'm very like excited about the coming market. I think it's going to be awesome. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities because frankly the media is going to scare the life out of people and tell them that their assets are, you know, losing value and you better get out and sell now. Like there's going to be all this stuff that the media is going to do. It's like they're going to scare up all the all this fear and people are going to be doing things they wouldn't rationally do if the media wasn't scaring them. And so uh, it's just it's going to be a good opportunity for people in real estate. I think I'm really looking forward to it. Honestly, I think we're I think it's exciting actually. So we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, if you if you if you, and, we, and we see a lot of this in the syndication space. So people asking, yeah, like what are what are you telling your investors? And it's all just yeah, crafting crafting that story and that narrative and adjusting to the market and understanding where the opportunities are to. To unlock value, but there's always always value to be created, no well, matter what. This is. From a money raise standpoint, the the stock market and crypto are certainly making our jobs a little easier to raise money for real estate. And even if prices go down a little bit, I think it'll be pretty 
non-impactful. And, and I personally, and you would know more than I would about this because I don't deal in the multifamily space, but I think rents are going to be strong. They may even go up. Like I think the rents are going to be a great thing. I think we're, rent rent demand and, and rent uh, rates are going to probably go up in my opinion, I think. So it's yeah. going to get harder to buy, right? What are people going to do? They're going to rent, so... Yeah, rents, rents, sure. They're, they're, they're gonna, they're not gonna, I don't, I don't see them really going down either. Um, but maybe, yeah, that, that would depend certainly on, uh, population growth and, and demand. But sure. again, like the, the supply just isn't there for the amount of, uh, multifamily housing we need. So totally. And, and we went through a really unique situation over the last few years where because of supply chain issues, because of COVID and kind of really unique circumstances, there wasn't as much there wasn't as much building going on. And so I think that has caused a bit of a problem with housing too. And it's why we're seeing a lot of the values go up and all this. Like there's a crunch, right? And so with interest rates going up and 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 people being able to afford less and less, they're gonna turn to renting probably more and more. It's just, it's a lot of good potential things as long as you know where to look, right? It's like that book, uh, Who Moved My Cheese, right? If you if you move with the cheese, you're, you're totally fine. It's just the people who keep going back to the same place where the cheese used to be, they're going to struggle and probably have some hard times coming up. But just stay plugged in, be part of a mastermind, um, know what's happening and, and just know where the cheese is, really. Yes. Move with the cheese. Move with the cheese, man. <laughs> well, listen, Jake, I'm not going to keep you any longer, man. I appreciate your time. This is a fun conversation. A little bonus conversation at the end there was quite fun. Um, but uh, guys, go check out the software. It's called Groundbreaker. It's at groundbreaker.co. Uh, go check it out. It sounds fun- fantastic. You need it in your life. Do not do the stuff that is not the highest and best use of your time. Get it automated. Get it done. And by the way, we didn't talk about this, but there's a level of professionalism too. When, you're, when things are done in a systematic and, and system, uh, you know, automated approach like that, um, it just makes you look more professional. So go and grab it, get it done, and uh, let's look forward to the time coming. I think we're moving into a pretty cool market. Jake, thanks again, man. Yeah, thank you so much, Mike. Time well spent, man. All right, guys, that was a fun conversation. If you are a real estate syndicator, if you're buying multifamily, commercial real estate, whatever, you really should be looking at the software. You know, the highest and best of use of your time is not down in the details like that. They're very important. Don't get me wrong. Details are very, very important. But entrepreneurs, real estate investor, owners of companies really don't need to be in the details if there's a solution out there that can help you. And you should go and check this out because it is a solution that can help you. All right, guys, get out there and make it happen. We'll see you next time.